We're just blessed by Peter and Belinda and um, their heart for, for, for our church and for the things that happen here. Peter and Belinda are long-termers and, um, and Pete, you'll find that Pete and Belinda carry the heart and flavour of what's, uh, what is HCC. And so, God, we just um, lift Pete before you now. We thank you for his heart for the house. We thank you for his heart for God. Thank you, Lord, that you've used this man and the story of his life is dotted with, the, with testimonies of breakthrough, testimonies of, of, um, of encouragement, testimonies of growth and development. And so, Lord, this morning as he shares the things that you've placed on his heart, we pray, Lord, that you would be um, our teacher through him this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, Pete. Let's give him a cheer. Well, good morning. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Okay, well, what, what Darren probably omitted to, to say was that um, I'm, I'm currently enrolled in the Dead Preachers Society along with several other um, members from church. And so um, this was just going to be a maybe 15-minute message and... Um, it's um, God has made a way for it to go a bit longer. <laughs> so um, I've been been studying hard for for me and and for you all this morning. Amen. Um, it's wonderful to have my mum here this morning. Wait, give us a wave, mum. <laughs> and my older sister next to her. Then you know matching clothes and hair and all that jazz. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm glad you came because um, I do have a, you know, maybe one or two um, stories to share from home, growing up in in Mittagong. and so um, you'll get to laugh along with us. I've got uh, some some shows here, slides. Now, how do we do this? <laughs> Okay, so the I guess um, you know I've, uh, this is an honour to be here to to speak in this way. You know I'm up the front often, but to deliver a message that I feel is from God, you know, is it's it's been weighty for me, and it's um, I, you know I don't take it lightly, and so um, you know I, I hope and pray that you get something from from the message this morning. And you go away from this place, you know, changed. <coughs> um, recently, when we were in the Philippines, I had the privilege of sharing at one of the churches there um, on a Sunday morning. And I was also tasked with, um, at the last minute, as sharing in the afternoon as well. And so I had a lot of preparation to do, and it was, um, I had a lot of thoughts in my mind and a basic outline leading up to that, but um, the pieces didn't really come together till the you know a few days beforehand. And I remember it might have been the last night on the Saturday night. Um, we were in our ho- hotel room, and Belinda was fast asleep, and I locked myself in the bathroom, 
and took a chair in there and where I, somewhere where I could go and turn the light on and, and study and prepare. And so um, a couple of nights ago, I have a similar story because it's a full house at home at the moment. We have s some extra guests and um, my son has been staying in my room and I was again up at night while he was sleeping and had to put the eye mask on him you know because I had some light on there studying because my office has been moved into my bedroom <laughs> so anyway this there's a bit of a backstory anyway um, as you know Darren has been he spent about six weeks I think uh, talking on the law of God and one of the weeks early on in, in that piece or maybe even before he started that he was going through one, 1 Corinthians and he, he preached a sermon on the truth. And this here is kind of a continuation, but also a, um, an expansion on that. And you, you can go back and listen to that. It's on the podcast. Um, you can um, go through your notes and, and have a look. But I wanted to talk today primarily about the spirit of truth. And um, I've just got a few, few quotes to share with you. So these are from Winston Churchill. And he says, There are a lot of lies going around and half of them are true. And he also said, In wartime, truth is so precious that she should always be attended by a bodyguard of lies. And that particular quote, um, from what I understand, was um, because the, the enemy would you know, tap into your communications and find out your plans. You had to broadcast a lot of lies so your your plan wouldn't be founded. And so this is this is what he has said regarding that particular um, strategy, which I guess is used wor worldwide. And he also said, um, truth is incontrovertible. Ignorance can deride it. Panic may resent it. Malice may destroy it. But in the end, there it is. And so... It, the, the, the truth is the truth, and you can't change that. You can't turn the truth into a lie. You can try and mask it. You can try and hide it and destroy it. But in, in the end, it's there. It's still there. And, um, uh, you know, one truth that I, I um, came to finally deal with yesterday was back in my childhood, um, <laughs> when we were younger, my sisters and I, put stickers on our bedroom doors at home as you know young teenagers do and um, you know on mine I think I think maybe around the time I was in I went along to the Air Force cadets and things like that and I had these stickers on on the door and and some other things and my sisters had girly things on their doors but anyway over the last few years mum's been renovating her house and um, one of the only things that hasn't been finished or done is doing something with these dirty doors. And so the, the, the only clean door in the house is mum's bedroom door. Um, and, and the other three bedrooms had stickers all over them. And so yesterday um, I unbolted two of them and, and started peeling and sanding off the stickers on the door. And um, Briella came over in amongst that and um, I said to her, you know, you know why I'm sanding this? And she said, yes, so you can paint it. Yep, that's right. And do you know why we're painting it? No. Well, because when I was your age, I put stickers on the door. 
and now it needs to be cleaned. So now I'm dealing with 20 years, 30 years later, <laughs> my sins of the past. And so it was a, a, a little moment that you know, I could share with Briella about um, you know, dealing with things when they happen, cleaning up your mess. And so um, you, we, can, we can walk past the mess every day. We can pretend it's not there. We could maybe paint over those stickers, but you'll still see them. The, st the stickers are still there. And so um, the truth is finally being dealt with. The other thing is um, that um, you know, I'm a middle child, and so I did my door and my younger sister's door. So Kelly, your door's still hanging. And so depending on you know, how much you want to slip me, I might be able to do yours. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Radio. <laughs> I guess e even with the, 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 the truth in, in Africa, like with what's going on there, um, you know, some of the information, they're just careful what, what they say because they don't want um, to, to be put in harm's way even further um, with um, you know, militia and things like that. So sometimes you need to hide the truth. And, and I guess, you know, with those kind of examples, that's, um, that is, you know, a valid point there but I want to go I want to go past that and so uh, okay just finally this is Spurgeon and so he, he says if you want the truth to go around the world you must hire an express train to pull it but if you want a lie to go around the world it will fly it is as light as a feather and a breath will carry it it is well said in the old proverb a lie will go halfway around the world while the truth is still putting its boots on isn't that true <laughs> isn't that true especially you know, in the last 10, 15 years with the onset of social media and Facebook and the access to um, distri distributing information. Um, okay. I'm not sure what's going on. Can you just click um, right arrow? Zach? Go again. Go again. <coughs> no, th this. So go. Keep going right. There, the slides are there. I've seen them. Um, there, there was there was a little video. Who remembers the movie um, A Few Good Men? Yep. And um, and Tom Cruise is there, and he's taken the I think the general. He's put him on the stand. <laughs> who's, who's watched it? Yep. Who's watched it? Anyway, um, and, and so. I don't think it's going to work because I've just kind of realised I don't think I've put the plug in on there. So just click it once more and see what happens. Um, so stop there. Um, anyway, so Tom says, you know, I want answers. And then and Nicholson says, what, you want answers? And Tom says, I want the truth. And Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. Remember, that is just so powerful. It's so powerful. And so um, that got me thinking, or... I guess uh, through the, the scripture that got me thinking of that video, that movie for some reason. But um, uh, 
Yeah, sometimes you can't handle the truth. And so, because the, tr the truth hurts sometimes, doesn't it? The truth hurts. And I just, I, I have memories growing up um, um, through school or whatever at home, and, you know, stuff's happened, and, you know, your sister or whoever it is has said, the truth hurts, doesn't it? You know, it's like they're just coming along and putting that, tightening the screws just a little bit more. You know, when you've messed up, you've done something wrong, the truth hurts. But Jesus said, um, said something here as well. So you can just uh, click along, Zach. In John 16, 12, one more. It says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear to hear them now. Okay, and so what's that all about? Why would he say something like that? Why would Jesus say you cannot bear to hear them right now? Must be something... Um, powerful must be something scary worrying who knows but um at that time it probably left a lot of questions but to give you um some backstory to what happened before he was saying that um this is chapter six, 16 but um in uh in chapter 12 uh yeah from chapter 12 i think onwards um we, we've we've gone through the the Last Supper. So Jesus has sat down and he's had the Last Supper. He's instituted the Lord's Supper with, with his disciples. And um, it comes to a time that it's getting, time's getting close to his rest. It says in verse 12, and his soul is troubled. Jesus is aware that his soul is troubled, but he knows that God has a plan. He knows the cross awaits. He then breaks bread with the disciples. He says, that, you know, this is my body broken, given to you. My blood is shed for you of the new covenant. He then goes on and he washes the disciples' feet. He tells Peter, um, he says, um, you're not all clean. You're not all clean, Peter. And so he's hinting at Peter, something's up, and I know there's something up with you. And so he identifies his betrayer, Judas Iscariot. He gives a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. By this the world will know you're my, you're, will know that you're my disciples as you love one another. So some things that he's saying that um, we can, we've probably all heard before and um, are all quite familiar with them. And this is, right, this is all from the Last Supper. So this is in a short period of time. Um, he announces Peter's de um, denial. He says, before the, the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. You know? And so Peter has a big face palm moment you know, when he hears those, those cocks crowing. Um, later on he proclaims that he's the way the truth and the life he's possibly frustrated with philip um, when philip says show us the father and, and jesus says well if you've seen me you've seen the father i don't speak of my own authority believe me that i'm in the father and he's in me or at least believe in the mighty miracles i have done so that's interesting there so believe in me if you can't believe in me, at least believe in the mighty miracles that I've done. That's, that's quite interesting. He says, greater works than these, than everything that you've seen me do, greater works than these you will do. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Um, he promises then another helper. He says this, John 16, 13. Oh no, this is before, this is before John 16. He, he promises the Holy Spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit of truth will help you remember everything I've told you. 
And then he goes on to say, if, if anyone loves me, I will um, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And, he, and we will come and make our home in him and with him. He says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and I in you, that you may bear much fruit. If you don't abide in me, you'll be cut off and thrown into the fire. Again, abide in my love. Keep my commandments. Love one another as I have loved you. He's, he's repeating some stuff. Like it, Things are coming to a crux here in this moment. And he's, he's not saying it as fast as I am, but it's, it's literally within in hours. Um, I, no, I no longer call you servants, but friends. Okay, you know, servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but you're a friend. You know. You didn't choose me, guys. I chose you. Um, my staples in the way. Uh, the world's going to hate you guys, but remember, it hated me first. They're going to per- they persecute me, so they're going to persecute you. Once again, the Spirit of the Truth will come and um, from the Father, and He will testify of me. He says, "I'm telling this so you will not be confused or have doubt. Misguided people will kill you. They think they're offering God a service." This kind of stuck out to me here because it says they think they are offering God a service. But everything else before that, he's saying Father. And so I think the problem here is that the people that think they're offering God a service, they don't know the Father because they don't know Jesus. And if they only knew the Father, okay? So they only know God as God. They don't know him as Father. So you can't know the Father unless you know the Son. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away so the Helper can come. And then John sixteen twelve, I have many more things to say to you, but you can't bear to hear them now. And straight after that, he says this, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. So who is this spirit of truth? The spirit is spoken of right from the very beginning. And um, I want to take you back to the book of Genesis um, and into the time of Abram. And, And we've heard from Darren this morning. Um, about Abram and Melchizedek and um, we've interestingly had a, had a word from Virginia about the truth this morning and so I think God is pointing us in this direction at the moment. <clears throat> so in Genesis 12.1 we read this this is Father God saying to Abram. Okay, now, just so you're not confused, Abram and Abraham are the same people. So Abram was his name originally, and God changed it. So he says to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And all people on the earth will be blessed through you. And so you've got this promise from Father God to Abram. 
So all of a sudden, Abram is being sent. He's being sent from the Father. Now, God tells Abram that he will make him a great nation. Um, later on, when Abram is about 80 years old, he has no children, and he's thinking, how is this going to happen? His wife is barren. He has servants, and he has possessions. He has territory. And he says to God, how is this going to happen? How are you going to create a great nation through me? Who is going to inherit my estate? If I don't have a, an heir, my servant Eliezer is going to inherit everything. He's going to be my heir. So God says to him, um, a son who is of your flesh and blood will be your heir. I will give you a son, he says. Look at the stars. They are the numbers of your offspring. So if you want to turn to Genesis chapter... Um, where are we? 12... Marks in the wrong spot. Actually, don't read along yet. We'll read along from 24. But anyway, so Abram goes over to Sarai, his wife, and um, Sarai knows that she's barren, clearly, and he has a word from God, and, and they share this word together. And there comes a time where th when Sarai says, I can't, this isn't going to happen. How is this going to happen? Take my servant, Hagar, and lay with her, and she can be your wife. And perhaps, she says, perhaps I can build a family through her. And so Sarai um, is starting to take control, starting to um, plan things out. She's starting to, you know, if God can't do this, well, then I'm going to do it. And so she... Ab Abram lays with Sarai, and, Sa and Sarai um, then becomes pregnant, and she takes off because Sarai, no, Hagar, Hagar becomes pregnant. Sarai um, becomes resentful of the whole thing and treats her badly, and Hagar takes off, and um, God meets with her, and she says, and God says to her, "I will, I will make." I will give you many descendants. You will have many children. And you will have many descendants after you. They will be a great nation. And so through her resentment and through her disappointment and judgment of Sarai and, and mistreatment, God has made a covenant with her. You know, so she's been dealt a blow, but God still decides to give her a promise. But he does say this to her. Um, you will name your son Ishmael. And he says in uh, 16, chapter 16, verse 12, he will be a donkey of a man. <laughs> what is that all about? You know, so in 16, uh, verse 12, God is saying to her, yes, I'm going to do this. I will provide for you. And so, verse 
verse 12, he shall be a wild man and he shall be against every man and every man's hand against him and he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. And so um, it's not good news. It's not good news as well. I don't know what God was thinking. I don't presume to know the plans, but I know that he still chooses to bless people even when they... um, even when they do the wrong thing by him and the wrong thing by other people, even when bad things happen, he still chooses. Then he says to, God, um, to Abram again, they have a conversation because Abram's like, I've got a son, he's not, my, he's not of my blood, he's not of, you know, how's this going to happen? You know, he's not from my wife, Sarai. And God says again, look at the stars, I will give you a son of your own flesh. And so... He makes a covenant with him and he says, your name will now be Abraham and Sarai's name will now be Sarah. I will bless her and give you a son by her and she will be a mother of many nations as well. And you will call your son Isaac and I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant. And so God is a, gov- uh, is a covenant making God, but he's also in the business of making everlasting covenants. And so, although he's made a covenant with Hagar and Ishmael, his everlasting covenant is coming through Abraham. And so, Abraham's 99 when Sarah, Sarah conceives, and she is um, about 90. And then they have their son, and they call him Isaac. Now, as a test of Abraham's faithfulness to God, God instructs, I, um, Abraham to offer Isaac up as a sacrifice and so he, Isaac at this time is about 20 or 30 years old and he, Abraham takes him up, to the, up the mountain and, and prepares a sacrifice and it appears that he's going willingly, he's not being dragged up there but also we can read from the scripture that Abraham believes and knows that God is going to deliver him Whatever happens, whether he goes through with it or not, God is still going to deliver him. And so he's being obedient to God in that. So he's offered up as a sacrifice, but when the axe was about to come down, at the last minute God said, stop. And God said, I will provide a sacrifice in his place. Now in Genesis chapter 24, um, Isaac is now 40 years old. So this is you know, 10 or so years after that. And Abraham, Abraham's wife, Sarah, has died. And Abraham sends his servant, Eliezer, to find a bride for Isaac. And so from verse 24, we can read, we can read all about that. Um, Abraham sent with Isaac, uh, sent with Eliezer, everything that he needed for the journey. He gave him donkeys and, and supplies and gold and silver to offer, um, offer somebody for a bride for Isaac. And he said, go to my family. The, she has to come from my family lineage. And so Eliezer here is interesting because he has a very important part to play here. Now we can see from Abraham... He is a father, 
we can see that he fathers Isaac. So Isaac is a son. The son is offered as a sacrifice. And so Abraham is a type of God. Isaac is a type of Jesus. And so they're a representation okay, of God and of Jesus. And Eliezer here is a representation of the Holy Spirit, of the Spirit of Truth. And so the Spirit of Truth now is sent from the Father to find a bride for the son, Isaac. And so Eliezer goes to a place and he says to God, God, when I get to this place, the first, uh, let it be that the woman that comes out to me and offers me water, but also offers me water for my camels, let it be that she is the one that I take back as a bride for Isaac. And that's exactly what happened. Eliezer got there and he came, a type of the Holy Spirit, he came for the bride of the Son. And so the spirit of truth that we read about here, that he will guide us into all truth, he is sent from the Father. He doesn't testify of himself because it's not about him. He testifies of the Son. He is sent from the Father. And so this is the Holy Spirit that is coming, that has come back, that is the helper, the comforter, that is gathering the bride for the groom. And who is the bride today? We are. The church is. We are the bride. And the Spirit is coming to lead us to Jesus. Now, if we went go back to... If we go back to Jesus, and we, we think again about all those things that he spoke to his disciples about, things that he needed to tell them so that they wouldn't doubt or they wouldn't be troubled. And then we get to the promise of the Holy Spirit and I just want to say today that the spirit of truth is in this place. And the spirit of truth is not coming to paint over our mistakes of the past. He's not coming to mask or to hide or to shame. So when you paint over the stickers on the door, it becomes more and more pronounced. You can't hide the truth. And so the truth cannot be hidden. The truth is here and his name is Jesus. And when Isaac 
was offered as a sacrifice on the mountain when the axe came down and God said stop I will provide on that same mountain 2,000 years ago what did God provide his son Jesus on that same mountain he is a covenant keeping God and he will provide he has provided amen that axe did not stop it did not stop and so now where does that leave us today where does that leave you today will you allow the spirit to lead you and to guide you into all truth will you allow the spirit to shine his light in the darkness the darkness cannot overcome the light and so today like we've heard from Virginia I feel that there is breakthrough here I feel the spirit is here to set people free the spirit is here to help uncover the lies of the enemy but also the lies that we come up with ourselves the lies that we use to cover the dark and the hurting places of our lives it's time to allow Jesus to peel that sticker off to peel those lies off and allow his spirit to work in, in light of the the coming weeks where we're going to be hearing from Lynn Denton and um, the door of hope there's lies that we tell ourselves to protect ourselves but Jesus wants to come and he wants to gently peel those those lies off peel those stickers off and he wants you to know that this is a safe place that this is a safe place so Jesus we come before you this morning we thank you Thank you that you sent your spirit to dwell with us, to dwell in us, to guide us into all truth. And may you as the spirit of truth come in and shine your light in our dark places. Shine your light in our unbelief. Shine your light on the lies, the lies of the enemy, the lies that we tell ourselves. We thank you that you are the way and the truth and the life, and that no one can come to the Father except through you.
Holy Spirit, just whisper in our hearts. Speak to us in whatever way that we can hear you, Lord. Lord, we yield ourselves to you. We come to you today. Some of us are hurting. We're all in process. We've all been broken. We all are broken. We're all in need of a saviour. That saviour is Jesus. Jesus, we give you thanks and glory and honour. Thank you for coming and making your home in us. Thank you that you're a covenant-keeping God. You're the God of the everlasting covenant. You're a God of your word. Thank you that you keep your word. That you are unshakable. You're unchanging. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you that we have victory in you. If you're here today and you've heard about this Jesus, you've heard about the spirit of truth, and and you know that you need him, that he's whispering in your ear right now, come to me, come to me. I want to make my home in you. If he's saying that to you today, don't dismiss it. If he's knocking on the door of your heart, he is a patient God and he will wait for you. He will not burst in and take over. He will not take control of you unwillingly. He is a kind God. He is a gentle God. He is a good, good Father. Thank you that your peace is here with us today. Thank you that we're found in the centre of your love today. We 
give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If that, um, if any of that message has touched you, if you felt God knocking on your door this morning, if He's saying to you, "Come to me," let me help you with those lies. Let me help you with the truth. Let me be your truth, and come and see us afterwards. Amen. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate that. I've enjoyed that. He's grabbed hold of it, the truth this morning. And uh, isn't it so so wonderful that the truth isn't, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, a, a cold thing that's out there, but it's a, the truth is a person who wants to make his home in us.